coming to the ring, Flood the Drummer and Richard Taylor. What's up, wrestling fans, and thanks for tuning in to Coming to the Ring. I'm Flood the Drummer in Philadelphia, here with our co-host, Richard Taylor in Seattle. What's up, Richard? Hey, what's going on, brother? Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, too. We are relaunching the Coming to the Ring podcast, and we hope that you like the future offerings, what we're talking about. We're going to be focusing on very specific topics, and today we're going to talk about Paul Heyman and his impact on Raw. WWE announced in June that it hired Paul Heyman, the on-screen advocate for Brock Lesnar and the mastermind behind the long-defunct Extreme Championship Wrestling to serve as the executive director for Monday Night Raw, as Vince McMahon would call it, the longest-running episodic television show in history. The July 1st Raw episode is said to have had Mr. Heyman's fingerprints all over it, from Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley crashing through the LED entrance set, to a color commentator responding to the carnage by saying, quote, oh, shit. But the critically acclaimed Raw that kicked off July has nothing on the show that closed out this month. A number of outlets and countless fans have said Monday's Raw was the best put forth in a while. And according to F4W Online, Monday's episode of Raw, which featured not only solid wrestling, but also a gory beatdown of Seth Rollins at the hands of Lesnar, was, quote, the heaviest Paul Heyman influence red brand episode to date, end quote. In one month on Raw, we've heard profanity, seen blood, and viewed tremendous matches. All of the things that garnered Extreme Championship Wrestling, a South Philadelphia-based promotion which Heyman led throughout the 90s, a cult following. So is Heyman pulling from the ECW playbook? Is he indeed taking Monday Night Raw to the extreme? And if so, what does that mean? For the show's PG rating. Richard, let's get into it. What do you think? Uh, yeah, man, this is tough. Um, it's tough in a good way. Uh, I, I want to be optimistic here uh, and definitely think that with Heyman being where he is, you know, we can see some brighter days with, with Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I, I wish I could go as far as saying WWE, but hey, I guess sometimes you got to take baby steps, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll start with Raw. I definitely think that it can be um, really good, man. I mean, we've seen this now for the last three to four weeks, and I definitely have heard many wrestling fans say that this is the best that they've seen uh, Monday Night Raw in a very long time. This mm. past month has made up for the the first six months of the year, <laughs> and it is it's turning out to be something that, we are, are garnering some anticipation for. And I'll give you an example. So I remember originally, we can even take it back to last month. Um, you, you look at a month ago, and if you read through the WWE comments on a lot of their videos from the fans, many of them stated that the only things in their belief that Raw had going for itself were uh, the 24-7 championship, specifically R-Truth. Mm-hmm. You got to give props to Truth there. Um, and then everything that was happening with the Firefly Funhouse with uh, Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing now. I checked through some of the comments as I looked through some of the recaps um, yesterday for Raw and to see how the comments are starting. What we saw with, you know, Lesnar and Rollins, even to the brawl with Reigns and Joe. And I think as, as the card starts to build up for SummerSlam, 
seeing anticipation just around some of the matches that you probably normally wouldn't. And so it's definitely a thing where you can see that there is a different hand at work than what we've seen before. And I'm, I, like I said, I'm optimistic about it. I think that that this could potentially lead to brighter days for at least Raw at the very least. So All League Wrestling is the new competitor that is sprouting up in the um, uh, in the wrestling ecosystem. I mean, of course, there's already Ring of Honor, there's Impact Wrestling, there's Evolve, there's, there's others. But no one is set up to be a competition to WWE the way AEW is set up, which will be launching on TNT in October. Richard, does it, mm-hmm. does it say to you that because Vince McMahon hired Paul Heyman and, and Eric Bischoff, two of arguably the best minds in wrestling, does it say that he's gearing up for war? Does it tell you that he may be nervous or, or at the very least he knows he has to do more than he's been doing if he's really going to, to compete in the future? Absolutely. I mean, you don't just make small moves like this for nothing. Um, and I think that it's, it's definitely something that should be taking a, a greater look at when you look at uh, Shahid Khan, who is the CEO of All Elite Wrestling. One of the things that you will see with him and his son, Tony, who's like the huge head behind it, if I'm not mistaken, these guys are worth uh, somewhere about four or five billion dollars. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at it from a financial backing standpoint, I think the difference is that Vince knew he had to take a different approach with this because this wasn't just another wrestling company that had great wrestlers, but this is a great wrestling company that has the right kind of backing behind it mm. that could potentially lead to some, some real heat and competition. Uh, when you consider WCW from back in the day, Ted Turner being an individual who had a ton of money and just didn't know how to use talent. I truly believe without a doubt that this is Vince gearing for war because you've got money and talent now in the same place in a competitor, which he hasn't seen in a long time. What is it, What does this say about how Vince McMahon views Paul Heyman that going into war, he would pick Paul Heyman to lead, which is clearly the A show. I mean, SmackDown is good in his own right, but you know, uh, a Monday Night Raw is the flagship of, of World Wrestling Entertainment or WWE. What does it say to you about how he views Paul Heyman? Uh, I think we always have referred to Paul Heyman as a, as a genius and in one of the, the, the most, you know, complex minds um, around sports entertainment and wrestling. And, and there's no doubt about that. And I, as, as, as old and honorary as Vince can be, I believe that he knows that about Paul. And he's seen it time and time again. Even if you just take Brock Lesnar, like the guy who hasn't been a fighting champion but has still maintained to stay relevant throughout his time as champion, that wasn't Brock's doing on its own. That was Paul Heyman, man. When you watch some of these interviews with Paul and the way that he just challenges you to think when it comes to things that you think you know about the business. I remember him going through that whole concept with The Undertaker, like, and it really got fans to question and like, man, was this really a thing of Vince made the decision or was this something that Brock did and and he knew he could get away with it? Like, and these are all like, what, what does he always say? You know, he's Paul Hank. I mean, he's Brock Lesnar's Jew. Right. And so <laughs> he I mean, that is his that is his going quote. And I truly believe it to be very true. He knows that he's snide, he's sneaky, but he's also super smart and i think vince recognizes that as well and i'm pretty sure that was a 
a humble pie that he had to eat in order to bring him on. But Vince remembers the days of competition with ECW yeah. and how fans really how fans really gravitated to ECW, even though they were a small company, they made a bunch of noise and it got his attention. And I don't think people really, and when I say people, I mean current wrestling fans, the young, the young kids. I guess I'm old enough to call them kids now. You know, those wrestling fans <laughs> who are 17, 16, 15, maybe, maybe even 19, uh, who are watching this now, the ECW that they know is the 2005, 2004 era of ECW, which was right. kind of Vince McMahon's redoing. But the original ECW, which was staged only minutes from where I grew up in South Philly, you know what I mean? And I was able to used to watch that on Channel 48. That was some of the goriest shit, some of the most yeah. uh, uh, nuanced wrestling that anyone has ever seen. And there's a reason why a company that started in 1993 and 94, uh, which, and that went bankrupt in 2001, there's a reason why in 2019 people still chant ECW, ECW when they see something that's extreme. is because Paul Heyman created something that was incomparable, that was incomparable, and that is incomparable. I don't even know if Paul Heyman can outdo himself at this point. Yeah, and I don't think he has to. I, I don't think, think the bar to, right. has been. I think the bar has been set so low or dropped so low with the the way that WWE has gone for so long. It, I think at this point, it's just a matter of you know you talk about ECW that was shock factor in so many ways, and that was one of the reasons why it went over so well is because the value of that shock was insane, right? right. Seeing stuff that you weren't seeing from any of the other wrestling promotions. And I definitely that I believe that Paul is going to come out and he's going to put in some work behind it. But at the same time, I mean, right now, man, this is very simple. It's give the fans what they want, continue to throw stuff out like this. And you don't necessarily have to outdo yourself. It's just doing the small things right. Right. Now, now as I, as I said in the beginning, we, we saw, you know, Braun and 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 uh, Bobby Lashley had that amazing segment July first. Uh, we heard Corey Graves curse, which I don't remember the last time I heard shit on right on on the WWE television. And, and he on called Monday, Byron Saxon the sissy on that same episode. <laughs> maybe it was like the one after. I was like, what the heck? Yeah. And then on Monday we saw blood. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a blade job. Seth Rollins didn't take a razor and cut himself. Uh, maybe he chewed on a blood packet, or I, I don't know how they produced that blood as if he was bleeding internally. But, you know, for me, there's a part of me that says, wow, you know, I, I can see Raw with a little bit more extreme, but then I also have to tip it my expectations because here's what Vince McMahon said last week on WWE's second quarter 2019 uh, earnings conference call. Uh, he said that the company is going to, quote, is going to stay uh, the content is going to stay, quote, in a PG environment and that the company is not going back to what he called the, quote, gory crap of the fame attitude era. But he did say the product is going to be a bit edgier uh, and acknowledge that that's, was, you know, that's necessary. Um, but he said we're not going to do blood and guts and things of that nature. And here's where he throws a little shade, such as being done on perhaps a new potential competitor. Mm -hmm. So he's saying, you know, e AEW... You know, because there was a lot of talk of of, of Cody that, on that last show taking a uh, chair shot unprotected, uh, and, yeah. and and he was bleeding. And of course, you know that match the uh, uh, that they did, I think, with All In, 
uh, or no, double enough, double or nothing with Cody Rhodes and Dustin Reynolds, his brother. Uh, that was a, a gory match too. Uh, Reynolds yeah, was, yeah, was, was, yeah. Le- was 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 leaking, you know. Yeah. Um, but I wonder, if, you know, Vince McMahon is saying this now because he's saying, "Yo, we're, we're a family-run company. We got shareholders. We got stakeholders. We're not going that, but we're going to get a little edgier." But I feel that AEW could push them there, especially when you have someone like Paul Heyman at the realms of Raw having Vince McMahon's air and saying, listen, brother, I'm going to do the best I can, but these guys are taking this shit to another level. You got to let me do what I do. Right. No, I totally agree. And, I mean, Vince has been been known uh, notoriously for saying one thing and doing another, so I take everything with a grain of salt at this point. Um, so even though he stated that, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure I believe it. I definitely think that they are trying to push the lines. They have been super over-sexualized with some of the women over the last few weekends. And so it does kind of have that feel of what you would see during the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, right now they're probably just testing the waters to get an idea of how far they can push it, what they can do, maybe gauge the numbers of the viewership over the month of July. Right. And then start to mesh it in with where they are trying to take the company because obviously a part of it is sponsorship a big part of it is sponsorship and and so you know it's like how much can we get away with without without ruffling the wrong feathers or the feathers that are keeping the money coming in Mm. um so 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 yeah i mean again we're we're acknowledging that you know vincent man can say one thing but he is going to be pushed by uh, some external forces, those external oh, yeah. forces uh, being AEW. And if, again, they, I, mean, I, I can feel that, I can see them taking it there only because they know we could take it there and Vince can't. And so that mm-hmm. could be our unique value proposition. You know, we can have barbed yeah. wire matches. We can have first blood matches. But, but I think, you know, Vince, you know, again, I think uh, Paul Heyman is going to say, and again, they're not necessarily going head-to-head competition. AEW is going to air on Wednesdays, Raw is on Monday and Tuesdays. So there's going to be well, like direct- Okay. Well, one of the things that has been reported as a potential, though, is that they'll now start trying to air NXT because NXT comes right. on Wednesdays. Right. So we might be looking at a potential, and 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 you got to think about it too. As much as they try and treat NXT as WWE's developmental, man, some of the best wrestling that yeah. has kept the the WWE afloat over the last few years has been NXT, and not just on pay per views. I'm talking their week to week stuff. Yeah. No, I agree. I think NXT, uh, WWE has to do some work to um, position that as its own brand and not this is the pipeline to the main roster. Um, And maybe just getting rid of that term main roster will help mitigate the perception that NXT is the lower leagues. You know what I mean? And just say, no, NXT is its own thing, um, you know, under the uh, WWE universe. And I think that NXT is the best option to um, compete with uh, AEW, but but not to go too far off. What you know, back back to Heyman, um, his impact this month. Uh, again, they say it's it's been felt, it's been seen. Given what you saw in July, what are your expectations for August and, and post SummerSlam? Well, man, I definitely think we can continue to expect them to turn on the heat. And really, just see what they could get their hands on and into. Um, I think if this this weekend, this I'm sorry, this past Monday's uh, raw ending was any implication. Um, definitely being that um, SummerSlam is going to be on the network, man. I wouldn't be surprised if we if we actually did see 
um, you know, and I'm not going to necessarily say gory, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we did see high violence, mm. um, at least from a stance of um, uh, the Rollins and, and, and Lesnar set up to everything that's going on with um, with with Roman and Joe. Um, and even, I mean, who knows, man, you know, they might just, they might try and pull out all the stops as we, as we look at, uh, Becky and, 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 and I, I know that Sasha Banks, I'm sorry, Sasha Banks, geez, Alexa Bliss, um, is, is known for a lot of her antics when it comes to making it seem like she's really got limbs broken. So you've got some creative folks even from the side of your talent pool that can really help push some of this stuff over the edge. And so I think that we can expect to see that. Um, man, my biggest thing is what does it look like as far as the movement of belts, right? Um, mm. um, and, 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 and how do we navigate that space? As much as I love seeing Kofi as the champion, a part of me does feel like he might come to an end soon, possibly to Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at some point in time in the near future, it's been a lot of buzz about Joe possibly being the next one up. Um, to to to, to I think it's beyond belt. time for 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 um for Seth uh, uh for Samoa Joe to be you know I agree. So now the company has you know now the company has to look at this. You know, do we have two? Do we have two heel champions on both brands? Um, you know, basically overseeing that portion, and then also like, what does it look like? For but the is landscape? Samoa Joe a SmackDown star or a Raw star? Because he he navigates between both. Mm-hmm. We've seen Joe on both, and so that's the thing. But I think that I think SmackDown would probably be more of home for him, technically still. Mm. And so, um, I mean, but we'll see. You know, Kofi's got. Uh, you know, I think his who's his. I forgot his match opponent next week. Um, that's kind of how partially irrelevant SmackDown has been as of late. <laughs> <laughs> but needless to say, man, I think that you know we can definitely expect to see. Um, them trying to continue this edgy streak, see what they can do there. And, uh, man, I think even maybe some more faces as far as legends and some folks who might not be done just yet. Mm. The, 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 again, the most brutal spot on Monday's Raw uh, was Brock Lesnar delivering four different F5s on Seth Rollins. One was the last one, the last one being the worst, though. Yeah, the last one was the worst is when he threw him over top of the, took him out the, uh, after he had beat him up, after the, 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 First responders put him in the ambulance. He pulled them out of the ambulance, took him off the gurney, and then f bombed him onto the gurney. Um, uh, not only did Brock Lesnar look strong, but Seth Rollins looked like a true professional in the way he sold uh, the attack. I mean, you really believed he was getting his ass kicked. You know, it was yeah. actually it was actually hard to watch some of it. I was just kind of cringing. That, like, oh man, this, the, is, the, this is tough. the last part was super hard to watch because I don't care how choreographed things might right. be. That that was a bump that you have to take. Like there is no cushion to stop. Like you're literally in the way that the F5 was set up was that the, when Seth's body lands, at the very least his left arm, bicep, tricep, yeah. and shoulder are all raw and just literally exposed to that part of the gurney. And I'm like, yo, there's no way you can sell that. I was like, that 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 hit, that was real. Like he's gonna go home in some pain. Like, oh yeah. No question about it. Another good match was the um or I say another good showing was the OC winning the Raw Tag Team Championships 
uh, in a three, uh, what, what I guess it was a triple threat tag team match. Mm-hmm. Um, the Usos versus the Revival versus the OC. Um, I can also see the impact of 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 Heyman being a renewed focus on tag team wrestling. ECW had some of the most explosive, memorable tag team matches. Um, you know, with 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 Sabu and Rod Van Dam versus people like Tommy Dreamer and Raven, or Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman. Uh, you had mm-hmm. the Gangsters. You had the uh, you had uh, Perry Saturn and John Cronus, the Eliminators. You had the Nasty Boys. I mean, tag team wrestling was a was a bedrock in ECW, and so I I I I, I predict I I would foresee that the tag team division on Raw. Uh, no longer being an afterthought, but actually having some real storylines behind it. Uh, Gallows and Anderson have been under far underutilized uh, oh, yeah. during that time there. And, and those would be the kind of guys that I could see, you know, Paul Heyman love and to get their hands on because they're, they're natural heels. They're, they're, they're snarky and sarcastic, but they're also big guys. They can fight. Uh, and they're Heyman kind of guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those are the kind of guys that I could, I could see 20 years ago being an ECW. Uh, and there's been so much bitching about WWE's de-emphasizing on tag team wrestling that I think one way that we could clearly measure uh, Heyman's impact on Raw is the uh, the, the tag the, team division. Yeah, the visibility and the validity of the tag team division. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I definitely think there's some potential there. Um, definitely, you know, when you get these fans in, in tune and involved with it, man, and like you said, you take two tag teams in the revival and, and Gallows and Anderson um, that have been completely underutilized. And even, I mean, you look at it, man, the revival was a, a, a mockery two months mm. ago, mm-hmm. you know. And so to see how they're being utilized now, it'll be interesting to see what they do with this, man. I'm, I'm also interested to see what that's going, what's going to happen with Jimmy and Jay, just because of the obvious, you know, as it pertains to who was it, Jay, over the weekend mm-hmm. that was arrested. And, mm-hmm. and I mean... I don't know, man. I know WWE puts out those statements stating that, you know, they make their own decisions, they represent themselves, yada, yada, yada. But I'm like, man, I'm like, at, at the consistent level and rate that this is happening, I'm just like, man, please don't let a good thing fall apart. And that's on, that's on the brothers. And that's on the brothers. So that's, on, that's on Jay. You know, he, he I mean, it, it, this work is bigger than yourself. Right. And so, I don't know, maybe with a guy like Heyman there, who I'm pretty sure he's had his fair share of, uh, cats that can't seem to stop making bad decisions <laughs> you know maybe maybe there's something there to where he can you know just kind of reel that back in mm. do you think oh uh, you know the other thing i think Heyman will be uh really impactful in is you know back at ecw he w- worked with talent to help them tap into the true personality to deliver amazing promos and so i think we'll start seeing better promos more believable backstage segments, you know, uh, more believable, uh, 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 you know, interactions and less focus on the script. Because sometimes mm-hmm. the script just sounds really cheesy. I, I, right. I can see Heyman saying, this is what I want you guys to get across. This is the emotion that I want you to provoke. Make sure these are the pun points you got on there. Go out there and have fun. Kick ass. Right. I'm with you 100% there. I'm with you 100%. So, you know, by, by time October come. Uh, uh, Heyman would have had August, September, J- July, August, September, about three and a half months of really getting behind the, the driver's seat that he can, you know, by the time AEW launched, uh, Raw could be, you know, at, at the top of its game. You know, he, he'd been comfortable with the process and how everything works 
knowing what he wants to do with all the talent, including some of the the the, the cruiserweights and, and you know the the high flyers like Cedric Alexander who jumped mm-hmm. off the goddamn uh, <laughs> that jumped off the, yeah. the, LED, the LED entrance board on Monday. I mean, it was Man. just insane. It was, and I mean. Stuff like that, you know, even being able to have a little bit of TV time with cats like this, man, and really just allowing their talent to show, I think it's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, no, I, I'm with you 100%. His impact is going to be felt in different ways, and a lot of it, if played right, is going to go in favor of the talent, which I think is so important and something that's been missed for a while. Yeah. Any last thoughts? Anything that you want to say on this particular topic that we haven't had a chance to cover? Man, I will... Um... I would. I I know he hasn't made his big announcement yet, mm-hmm. um, but I, I would say uh, we might see a facelift even in two hundred five live. A big part of me feels like this whole announcement that Daniel Bryan has in store is the fact that he might be moving to two hundred five or and NXT a, or NXT. Yes, um, two hundred five just feels more realistic for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I can't see Brian going to an NXT by himself. Like you would probably want to throw a few other superstars in that mix from the brand um, to do it as well. I, I I feel like they don't want 205 to die, and so if that's the case, you know, you could use somebody like a Brian to revive it and get some other folks in there that that he can put on some hellacious matches with. Um, but yeah, and that's the thing, like NXT is great. I mean, they don't need them, you know what I mean? And I'm not no shade to Brian in any way, but NXT is, is a is a great product in itself. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. I would say just keep an eye out for 205 Live. I think that'll be the next project as far as you know, some wrestling being taken serious. Um, man, and then I would honestly say too, like, you know, we a, a big test coming up this upcoming week for Raw. Um, and Heyman specifically will be the fact that this is the go away show, the go home show before SummerSlam. Mm. And so, you know, one of the biggest issues that we've had with WWE is that those go home shows mm-hmm. specifically with Raw um, have have um, have not lived up to the hype, man. And they've been very underwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it'll be important to just kind of pay attention to what they do there to build up the hype. Honestly, what they did this past Monday could have been great for that. But Absolutely. Like, hey, you know what? I'm like, I think that they're going to take the angle just a step further, which is why we didn't hear Steph, Seth Rollins didn't want to say anything about his injury and all of that. So we'll see how they play this, man. But I definitely think it's going to be important to watch. And they're definitely going to have to pace themselves because, you know, given what they delivered on Monday, you know, they don't want to have to try and keep topping it too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but that's, have, that's, that's the mind themselves. of Paul Heyman, though, Chris. I will say this. That is the mind of Paul Heyman. What others tend to burn out with very quickly, man, who knows how many ideas and what he has in store or, or what his brain function is, is, is thinking when it comes to some things that he's really wanted to implement. So we might just be looking at his 10% this weekend and all, and mm. it's like, yo, I, Y'all don't even know what I got in store yet. <laughs> you know, my last thought is that I've, I always look at wrestling to provide me some um, uh, um, insight and context into just everyday life and, and, and entrepreneurship. And just looking at Heyman's trajectory, knowing that he, in the early 90s, in his early 30s, mid-30s, was, 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 was sacrificing everything he had for ECW, him and Joey Styles were cutting video and promos in his mother's basement and, and, and you know, in the suburbs of New York. 
you know, and that Heyman from 93. And, you know, even before 93, when Heyman was working in WCW as a manager for me, Mark Callis, who would go on to be The Undertaker when he was Paulie mm-hmm. Dangerously, that he has just been consistently good and consistently visible and present uh, and adding value to the wrestling industry for as, for longer than I've been in live. And, uh, you know, for those who, you know, may be doing their own venture or, or trying to go out and pursue their own dream or in a particular thing, you know, let Paul Heyman's trajectory be a reminder that uh, patience is a virtue, you know, yeah. and there's no such thing as an overnight success. You know, Paul Heyman has the keys now to the WWE's flagship show, but he put in a fuck ton of work over decades to get there. He did, man. And he had to remain level-headed in the process, knowing that he was much better than so many of the other people that were being brought in and just constantly uh, tr- trashing the place or or just creating crap with the product and and just staying the course. You know, he's been, if I'm not mistaken, he's been fired from them before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's dealt with a lot. He's had a lot of back and forths when it comes to you know, his creative direction compared to Vince. And I'm pretty sure when you're working with somebody like that who's stubborn and 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 bullheaded, it can't it's not always easy. Mm-hmm. Um definitely when it's like, yo, like I'm literally giving you the answers to the test right here. Pay attention. Just mm. give you know. And so I mean you're absolutely right. You know, being able to take emotion out of it and and what does Triple H's song say, right? It's all about the game and how you play it. Being <laughs> able to Man, just being able to play the game, man, and, mm. and sit back and just observe and see it all. Absolutely. Richard Taylor, how can people follow you online? Oh, man. Uh, website, richardtaylorjr.com. Instagram is uh, richard.taylorjr. Facebook is Richard L. Taylor Jr. And Twitter is at truly Taylor made. Man, hopefully I can find like one name like you and be really cool one day. Um, I'm not sure if my creativity will allow me to, but hey, since Paul Heyman is back in the business, you never know. Anything is possible. Never say never. <laughs> you guys can follow me across social media at Flood the Drummer. It's just like it's spelled, or I should say it's spelled just like it said, F-L-O-O-D-T-H-E-D-R-U-M-M-E-R. When I'm not here talking about wrestling, I'm covering politics and culture uh, for Apple News and Goodman Project, Richard Taylor, is out speaking across the country and writing uh, a book. So be sure to check both of us out and keep up to date with us. Subscribe to Coming to the Ring on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you are listening on Apple, be sure to leave us five stars and a review. That's five stars plus a review. And tell your friends that there's a new wrestling podcast uh, uh, in the mix um, that's providing uh, some interesting insight, interesting conversation. We're just too lifelong wrestling fans who like to shoot the shit about what's happening in the business and uh, looking forward to uh, future uh, episodes. And so until then, for Richard Taylor, I'm Flood the Drummer, and I'm drumming for justice. Thanks so much for listening.